0: Hello and welcome to the ARC Podcast. I'm Adam. On today's show, I flew solo and got to interview Melanie Dobson. Joy was out that day, so I took the reins by myself. Melanie is the author of Catching the Wind, which is a very interesting novel that touches on World War II and has elements of espionage and a lot of great themes. So you should definitely check that out. If you want to learn more about Melanie, you can visit her website. MelanieDobson.com, or you can find her books at Tyndale.com. We hope you enjoy this episode, and if you want to hear more from the Ark, visit ReadTheArk.com. You can find all our podcasts there or on iTunes or SoundCloud. Melanie, thank you for taking the time to talk with us or talk with me today. It's great to have you on the podcast. Um, if you can just start off with talking about your background and how that led you to become a writer.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be here today. Um, You know, I always loved to write. Ever since I was a kid, I enjoyed it. I was one of those kids who had my little diary when I was seven years old and was just scribbling down notes and entries, not very exciting entries (laughs) at seven, but still writing like crazy. And um, I just enjoyed the process, always have. I um, started doing stories, writing stories, when I was around middle school, 13, 14. Um, but nobody told me during that season of life that like middles are really hard to write. <laughs> you have to keep going. So I would get to the middle of my, um, my story and just quit. And that was it. And I'm like, I can't be a writer. I never finish anything, right? <laughs> And so I went up to college and I went to a Liberty University and then regent and got my um, major in journalism and started a career in public relations and in journalism. And in journalism, you have to actually finish what you start, <laughs> which was a good for me to be able to, to have that. And so I had deadlines, just learned the process of writing and the consistency of it. And then, not too long um, before my 30th birthday, two big things happened. I got married to an amazing guy who was so supportive, like, if this is your passion to write, you need to to pursue this. And then, um, second of all, my best friend and I published a nonfiction book, and it was a fairly easy process. We knew somebody at the publisher, it was a book for um, single women, of course, I published it right after I got married, so (laughs) it's kind of ironic. Um, but we published this book and it wasn't a hard process. So I thought, okay, well now I can write fiction. This will be so much easier because it's not true. And so I started the process of writing fiction and discovered, like I had when I was in middle school, that it was really hard. <laughs> and you have to actually almost be more accurate. You have to be accurate, plus you have to have conflict and plot and you dialogue and all these things. And so it ended up being for me, it was a seven-year process of learning how to write a novel. Um, I wrote four novels before I got one published, started writing historical, ended up my first one was contemporary. Um, But I learned through that process not only how to write fiction, but also just that fiction writing involves pouring out of yourself. And my fourth novel was about um, adoption. We had just adopted our, our baby, who's now 14. And so just this pouring out of myself. And so, yeah, so that one was published, I think it was 2004. And it's been one to two novels ever since oh. a year. So I'm grateful. Oh. I'm grateful for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Was, was there a particular story or uh, idea you had that um, got you kind of over the hump with getting past that middle? Was it yeah, more the story was, or more your process?
1: I, I am passionate. You know, I love everything old i love ghost towns and old houses and i'm one of those my husband says we need a, a bumper sticker that says i break for cemeteries <laughs> <laughs> i always want to stop and read the old epitaphs and so i did this this um series based on gold ghost towns and it hasn't been published it's never been published yet maybe one day um, but that helped me i was passionate about that telling that story And then my first novel that was published was about um, an adoption, but actually a failed adoption, because while we were adopting our um, daughter, our best friends were also adopting, and um, it didn't go through. They'd had the baby for a few weeks, the birth mother changed her mind, and it was tragic. It was a really hard, hard season. And that was just a story, I just, for me to process that, and how God could potentially use that for good, to process that, it it, it did it, get, it got me through that middle and got me to the end of that story. And my friends, they were able to adopt again, and it was it was beautiful. Um, but that story was called together for good for that very reason. How can God use these really hard situations in our life um, for His good?
0: Hmm. Now, is that um, do you like to come up with the theme that you're going for, and then shape the story around that, or do you do you- Do you have like a plot in mind and then you fit the themes around that? Do you have a or is it different every time? It's
1: different every time. I (laughs) wish there was, you know, I wish there was a real science behind it. No, I sometimes it's just a little spark, you know, this catching the wind book that we're talking a bit about today. That was just a spark of an idea. Mm -hmm. Um sometimes, you know, a friend of mine um a couple years ago I wrote a novel called Chateau of Secrets about the French resistance during World War II. And that was somebody coming to me and saying, hey, my grandmother has this really cool story I'd like to tell, you know, to share it with you. And hearing her story and thinking, that is a cool story that needs to be told. I'm really excited about that. And sometimes it is more of a theme, but for me, it usually comes from either seeing an old house and wondering what happened or hearing a story and needing to sort of finish it in my mind. (laughs) Like I don't like, I I need closure, I think. So hear a story, oh, I need to finish this story. And, yeah, sometimes it's just an idea that sort of sparks, and I just run with it.
0: Awesome. Well, you mentioned Catching the Wind, which is your newest book with Tyndale. Um, yeah. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that book and then if uh, where you came up with that idea?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that book was really unusual for me of all the books that I've written. Um, That idea, it was completely unexpected and so just, I feel like that book in essence, that story was just a gift to me from God in one sense because I was in a little coffee shop, I live in a small town in Oregon and um, in this coffee shop and sitting there thinking and just praying and thinking "I, I have to come up with a new novel idea, this is the time that I need to come up with something new and looking outside the window and there was this big huge old beautiful tree just this gigantic tree i didn't know at the time but it's a weeping cedar and it almost looks like it's crying you know with the leaves kind of hanging down and just having this spark like this picture in my mind of this boy and this girl in a treehouse. so i'm seeing this kind of picture and and then i'm like oh my goodness it's nazi germany it's 1938 and they have to run they have to get out of there and I'm scribbling down, you know, kind of scribbling down this idea and the story. And then I realized that the little girl is going to get lost along the way. They're going to get separated. And so the story, it's a time slip story, which means it's going from a past story. And there's also a present story. And so my present story is 70 years after this, that the man is still trying to find out what happened to this girl. And so, yeah, so that idea was just one of those that, that, he came to me in a moment, but yes, a lot of sweat <laughs> to get it out, but it, it, it was, it was, it poured out and I'm great and grateful. Not all stories that happens to, but that one surely did.
0: Now, I uh, I actually never heard the term time slip, uh, before reading about your book. And it sounds like you've written a few mm-hmm. in that genre. Uh, I have- how'd you become interested in that particular genre?
1: Yeah, from the very beginning when I started writing fiction and just playing around with it, I I would write these stories, they would be either, contem- well they would be contemporary stories but often based on a past mystery, hmm. so something that happened in the past. Um, and so I, I realized that, oh it's so much easier if I could to both stories at the same time. So having the past story going on at the same time the contemporary story is happening and then you don't necessarily know until the end. You know, there's usually hopefully a twist toward the end to find out how it all fits together. Um, But I I liked it because I think that we can learn a lot about from the past, Mm -hmm. you know, and also not only can we learn a lot from history, but also how history, how things in the past change things in the present right? And so it's like, things that happened long ago, how that affects life today. And so just, I really like this kind of back and forth. And it's a growing genre, more and more um, writers are writing in this genre. And I know with Tinda, like Kathy Golke, mm-hmm. you know, writes in this genre and does a fantastic job. I love her stories. And and I hope it sticks around because I really enjoy, um, enjoy writing this time slip back and forth. Mm.
0: Um just had a question I forgot. What like. <laughs> I'll cut here. this up. <laughs> oh, um, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, sorry. Oh, no worries.
1: It <laughs> goes for me too. I get it.
0: Oh, I know what I was going to ask. Um, yeah. um, since this is Tyndale and this is a Christian fiction novel, yeah. what um, spiritual themes have you weaved through this story?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, So for me, a lot of times the spiritual themes come to me later, you know, through the process of writing. I don't necessarily know up front, oh, it's going to be about this, per se. Um, With this book, just the nature of the story um, with the separation between the boy and the girl, um, this story ended up being about two things in particular. One was about abandonment, you know, the heartache of abandonment and losing somebody that you love. Um, And then the hope and the courage of faithfulness. And the story really was about loyalty and faithfulness um, and and showing, I hope, (laughs) when people read the book, but just how God pursues us. You know, people, and through this um, character, that just pursued um his friend that he lost all these years ago, needing to know what happened to her, wanting to know what happened to her, that she was safe and well. and and I won't tell you what happens in the <laughs> end, Of course, but it is a redemptive story. I, I hope that people take that away from there. But also, the fascinating part about writing fiction um, is that other other things start to happen, right? As you write, and stories you're not expecting. And so, this story, as I wrote it, I realized in the past, these, this boy and this girl, they were they were refugees. They were illegal ref- refugees, actually, as they escaped over to England. Um, and so, their story um, as refugees, and then relating that. Now, obviously, we have an unprecedented refugee crisis. Um in our world, and that was that was not expected. That was not the story that I set out to tell. Um, and 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 I think it was just I think it was just the Lord and his leading. Um, but showing the story, I can't I can't tell the story of sixty five million refugees, which is unbelievable that 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 we have that many displaced people, the greatest refugee crisis in history. Um, can't tell sixty five million stories, but I can tell the story of one. And, and I think the story of one is a very powerful way to tell a story. And so telling the story, you know, the contemporary about refugees as well, relating that back and forth, unexpected, um, unexpected theme, but just a blessing to be able to share that.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's so true. The when we hear these huge numbers, it's hard to even fathom that you can almost brush it aside. But when you hear the stories or you see pictures like we've seen recently in the news, um, it's easier to connect when you can hear one person's Absolutely. story. So yeah, that's so fascinating. Great. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, and I love this about your website. You have a whole section on the research behind yeah. many of your books. Um, can you talk a little bit about that process for catching the wind and, um, what went into that?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I sometimes like to say that writing is just an excuse for me to research (laughs) because I love to research, Um, sort of a little bit of a research addict. I just want to just get in and learn about the time period and learn everything about it to the point that I have to stop myself and say, okay, (laughs) you've researched long enough, you actually have to write, Um, write about it. But yeah, for Catching the Wind, I just delved into the time period, you know, World War II, I went um, over to England, which I try and always go to my at least my major settings in order to, um, you know, you, Google gives you a lot of information. You know, you get a lot of information online or from books and such, but something about being at a place and being able to smell things and my husband teases me because I have to taste things and you know just being able to feel and meet the people. It's a whole different experience that to. Um, sort of a, a door that you want to open so your readers can walk through it with you. So with Catching the Wind, I went to England and spent some time down in Kent where my story takes place. A lot a lot of the story takes place. I um, spent a long time in London. I uh, went to the National Archives there, which was a real treat for somebody who enjoys researching like me. Uh, but they just opened up the, um, the spy files, they call mm. them there. And so going in and, you know, asking for these files that have like top secret written on them and you know, all of these things and and reading about um, espionage during World War II was really fascinating to me and that ended up being a major thread in my story. Um, but yeah, just reading these old spy files and how people from Germany were trying to infiltrate England, but also how some of the British were acting, you know, they sympathized with Nazi Germany and acting on behalf of, of the Nazis and feeding information. And so all of this I was able to research. Um, also part of it, i it's, it's a rough job, but I went to a castle in Switzerland <laughs> to, to do some research. Um and then up to the San Juan Islands because in in Washington there's these beautiful islands and I I think you've probably been up there um having some family in this side of the the country but um just a beautiful place and part of my story takes place up there so being able to take my family up there usually my family doesn't they don't go on my research trips with me because i'm just going 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 and it's not very fun for them Um, but they went up with me to the san juan islands and enjoyed that part of the country so yeah i just I, i pour myself in i for whatever um Whatever I'm working on, I just dive in and um, learn all I can and then, and then write.
0: Awesome. Yeah, and people should check out your website because you have some great pictures on there from some of your trips.
1: Thank you.
0: Awesome. Um, another thing I wanted to talk to you or ask you about is um, World War II. Um, I think you have a few books
1: set in World know. War II.
0: Was there anything that sparked your interest in that specifically?
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting question because I've never, and you're right, I haven't really thought about that. I think my last four books have been around the World War II, 40s, some of them stretched into the 1950s, um, which 1950s is considered historical fiction now, which is crazy. but yeah, I've written all different time periods, starting you know from the late eighteen—not uh, late eighteen hundreds, the late seventeen hundreds, all the way through the nineteen fifties. So I've written a, g- a whole gamut of historical fiction. But I think I like the World War II era for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, because people are still alive to tell right. their stories, and I love sitting down. When I, in particular, when I wrote Chateau of Secrets, um, that was set in France, going there and I was able to meet. Um, men and women who, you know, one lady, her parents had been part of the French resistance. So being able to hear her firsthand stories of the things that her parents did, that she remembered, or the lady, I had a lady that I um, met with who she'd been an ambulance driver during World War II in the, you know, in the forests of France. And, and, and so just being able to hear their stories firsthand, um, also that era, I think, there were so many seemingly ordinary people um, who just did these courageous, just extraordinary things. You know, they were called upon to fight evil, and um, they fought it in their own way with their own gifts. And I really like that. I don't. I don't talk. Uh, my my areas aren't the battles. It's more of the the human side, the at mm-hmm. home. You know, things that are happening. Um, with catching the wind, I've got this little girl um, who is caught in a really hard place during World War II. Um, but she uses the small gifts that she has to be able to fight against the evil and um, I think that's what I've really been attracted to is just how many people went um, beyond themselves beyond their abilities but but use whatever gifts they had to um, to resist um, the terrible things that were happening during that era and and they're heroes and heroines you know mm-hmm. that come out of this that I love to to um, love to talk about people who are truly courageous, even when they're, you know, even when they're afraid, they yeah. still do courageous things. Mm-hmm.
0: I want to shift gears slightly. And um, I, a lot of our listeners are aspiring writers yeah, or um, maybe they're new writers. Um, what advice would you have to somebody who they, they think kind of like you were um, when you, before you started who, where you um, just um, weren't sure where to start or um, how to jump in? What advice would you have for those people?
1: Yeah, I think the advice I would have for new writers and that I give new writers is the same advice that I heard when I was first starting out um, because it was a lot, it was a seven-year process for me um, from the time I really got serious to the time that I actually published and that's a long time um, but especially when you're right in the middle of it um, but what I heard, I heard an interview um, with another writer who was just, it was a best-selling writer, very good writer And they asked, you know, what was her secret to being such a great writer and her response was, you know, I'm not a great writer, I'm a horrible writer and they were like, oh no, you know, no you're not and she said, no, you don't understand, I'm not a horrible writer, I am a horrible writer, but I am a great rewriter and I love that because I'm like, oh, I finally something clicked for me because I was so afraid during that season of failure. It's like, I so wanted to be a fiction writer. And if I didn't do it well, there went my dream, right? Mm -hmm. My dream was gone. And so just putting, even just putting the words on paper was terrifying for me. And so I learned, oh, I just have to get the words on paper. And then I can go back and I can edit and I can rewrite and I can can do what I want at that point. But the process of getting the words down is the hardest part of all. And so just what I tell new writers is it's the same thing that I tell myself pretty much every day, even today. Get the words on paper. Get it out. Get it down. Whatever your word count is for the day. Um, Get those out and then go back and clean it up in the next round and the next round. I mean, it's not going to be just one round, Um, but don't sweat the publishing part of it. Don't sweat all of the business side of it until you have a book that you feel really great about. Um, But yeah, just taking the fear fear element out of that and um, remembering just the joy, getting the joy of it. Um, I just tell I, for new writers, just embracing that, embracing that gift, and enjoy the process and learning not to be afraid.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, a wise person once said, "Writers write, so you just gotta do it to get better." Exactly.
1: Yep, it <laughs> got not look pretty the first time around. You gotta get it out.
0: Um, some people may not know that um, the publishing process—it's—it's it's sort of long. Like you probably finished catching the wind a while ago. Mm -hmm. And now it's coming out, um, and you're probably, um, as this one is coming off, maybe starting to finish, or maybe you're already finished with your Uh, next book.
1: Two books down from that. (laughs) Got my second book since that I wrote Catching the Wind. Yeah.
0: Are you able to tease what your next next book is?
1: Yeah. So you know things things will change. Right. Um, But right now, the one that I'm finishing up which will be with Tyndale is um, it's set in Austria mm. and this area. And again, it's, it's about the end of world war two where the Nazi Germans were escaping from the allies coming through this beautiful Lake district and they were just dumping their treasure in these deep lakes, 400 feet lakes and people are still finding things there today. Wow. And so it's, a time slip. So my historical perspective will be a uh, people that were hiding treasure. This, they called it ownerless treasure, right? But people, their Jewish friends, they were hiding things, um, for them. And then today people trying to find, um, treasure, but finding a whole lot more in the process. And so that's the story I'm working on and It'll be done Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> if all goes well, it's almost to the end, but yeah, it's another one I'm really excited
0: about. Awesome. Well, we'll, we will definitely look for that next year.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Now, if people want to get in touch with you or connect with you online, what's the best place to do that?
1: Yeah, my website is the best place. It's just melaniedobson.com, M-E-L-A-N-I-E-D-O-B-S-O-N.com. And I also have a Facebook page and Twitter and all of that. Um, and on my main part of my website, there is an email link and um, more information about where people can get in touch with me. And I love to connect with readers. So please email me. I enjoy it.
0: Awesome. Well, definitely everyone should go out and buy Catching the Wind. It's out now. Everywhere books are sold. So thank you so much for talking with me today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: All right. Bye.
1: Bye.